episode 164 of Australia's number one marketing show. It's time for some funny business with AG. We're talking fitness, how to take feedback, a ninja tip for smashing your to-do list, how to build a tribe, and that's just in the first five minutes. Welcome to the Small Business Big Marketing Show, where successful small business owners share their secrets to take your marketing to the next level. Now, here's your host, Tim Reid. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Australia's number one marketing show. I am your host, Timbo Reid, but you, you, so much more importantly, are a motivated small business owner ready to crank out some great marketing in order to build that baby of yours into the empire that it deserves to be. And we are brought to you by the very, very good folk at Net Registry who are there to get your online marketing sorted. We are talking domain names, website hosting, website design, development, a bit of PPC, a bit of pay-per-click advertising, a bit of SEO, all that stuff that you don't want to do that you should be handing over to the experts. So head over to netregistry.com.au and they will get your online marketing sorted. Now, now, let me just take a breath <gasps> because we've got a very big show today, a very big show. I am being joined, is that, oh, I don't even know, he'll, he'll correct me, that's just really bad grammar, but Griffo's joining us, AG, Andrew Griffiths, small business author extraordinaire of the world, at least in Australia, is what he tells me, and this is an episode of Funny Business. Let me tell you what we're going to cover before I go over and um, get stuck into Griffo. We're going to talk about business owner fitness. We're talking about taking on board feedback. We're talking about how to smash through your to-do list, why you should build a tribe, and how you can get business building ideas from anywhere. So massive show. We love a bit of funny business. Now, let me head over to the monkey's cage. You can hear them in the distance there. One of them will be Griffo because he's been hanging around there as I actually... uh, get through this introduction. All right, let me just get in there. Griffo, Griffo, you are very attractive. How are you, my friend? (laughs) Uh, Would you like a banana? Uh, (laughs) Welcome to my cage. Uh, It's quite comfy and it's a very nice cage, I might add. Salubrious. Salubrious. I, I just think it sets an atmosphere for some funny business. And you are looking highly attractive too, by the way. Well, you know, I mean, I've got a lot of body hair, you know, <laughs> you know and, uh, and, and and that intelligent look that only primates can have. But, oh. you know, and, uh, thank you. It's very nice. It's been a while. It's been a long time, mate. It's actually months. It's embarrassing because um, we should do this more often. We have uh, listeners knocking on the cage saying, give us a bit of funny business, but that's okay. Funny business for those who are going, what is what? What have I entered into? Why am I listening to this is um, a little break in the small business, big marketing transmission um, where Griffo and I get together and we just kind of talk about what's on our collective business mind, don't we, Griffo? Mm. And the things that are relevant, the things that are people are asking us about, I think sometimes we it's, it's also the challenges that we're finding yeah. as we're doing what it is that we're doing. It's a great uh, it's a great way to just I think talk about some of the things 
that are really important but maybe put a bit of our unique, weird, strange kind of perspective on them. Well, speaking of weird and strange, you are looking a bit weird and strange because you've lost a lazy 10 kilograms, and I say that very lovingly, but um, well done. And as listeners know, I lost 30 about a year ago, and Mm. you do people kind of do look at you a bit differently. Are you finding that, and how have you done it? People come up and rub my belly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is uh, which is something you know. I, I think that they're oh, hoping I'm going to grant them a wish, yeah, uh, of some sort. But uh, yeah. I think for it's it's a battle. I'm a writer. I spend half my life behind a desk, the other half on aeroplanes and in hotel rooms. Yeah. It's just that the the whole thing of sitting behind desks and all the rest of it. It's difficult to 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 be fit and to lose weight and all the rest of it. But I just, uh, again, I, I think for me, just had to get into routines. Yep. You know, I had to get into routines of eating better, get excess, getting away from the computer like you, standing yeah. up more. Just, you know, you just got to treat it as a priority. Mate, it's such, it is a cliche and people used to say, how did I do it? It is about eating less and moving more. Like that's obvious. Yeah. And this, even this morning I was lying in bed. I knew I had, I had to, I created an episode before you and I came on air. I knew I had this episode to do. I've got a whole lot of other stuff to do today. I thought I've just got to get to gym, even if I crank out twenty minutes. Mm. And I'm so glad I did because my head is clearer. Um, having to deal with the intellectualness of someone like you, I, I feel Absolutely. as though I, I'm, I'm positioned to do that. <laughs> you know, you've got to bring your A game, fella. <laughs> I've got to but, bring but my that's A game. Good point though. 20 yep. minutes. It's the Kaizen principle, isn't it? I don't know. Who's Kaizen? Oh, it's a wonderful Japanese principle where it says that you break your things into the smallest of parts to get started. So, for example, if you're tr- struggling to get started with a fitness regime, what you do is you stand up during one television commercial and then mm. you can sit down. You do that for one month. Then the next month you stand up during two commercials. You can go faster if you want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd hope so. But it's the whole idea of little, little steps to achieve big, big goals. And yeah. uh, it, it, it's like writing a book. You yeah. know, write a little bit, a few words, 200 words. Well, you're 200 words closer. Yes. Uh, I guess it's a little thing. Cut down your size of your food from a big plate to a little plate. You don't keep up with it because you're hungry. So you've got to have, you know, a little bit less here and there. So, okay, that that's a good point. To, fit, to wrap up the fitness thing, um, I just guess to any of our listeners who are kind of struggling through and feeling a bit lethargic like it is, it's like do something and uh, easy to say my, my, X, my X factor tip is to find someone to do it with because that's that was my mm. that's that was the game changer uh for me and uh thank you ben who who uh walked the journey with me 12 months ago well done griffo on that now listen mate on that point of kaizen or whoever that person is you you have a little um a bit of a uh, ninja tip on smashing your to-do list Oh, mate, look, I don't know about you, but uh, I my to-do list is enormous. I, I know yours would be too. My, all of us, we have way, way too many things on our to-do list. And over the past couple of months, I've noticed a trend in books around the world. There's a lot of books coming out focusing on one thing. Uh, this is a very spiritual uh, session of funny business that I'm delivering today from my inmate. From the Buddha up in Cairns. <laughs> Focus on on one. Focus on on you know that um, one element at a time. So what I found was I have my to, my to do list, and sometimes it goes over two A four pages. It's just ridiculous Ooh. and all the rest of it. But and then the day comes in, and of course you get distracted, and then at the end of the day you go back and you haven't done anything on your to-do list because there's this massive stuff something i started doing a couple of months ago now was i got my little post-it notes and i had my list of what are the 10 things that i need to get done today and i literally wrote them down one on each post-it note 
Then I put them in an order of priority. What's the first thing that I need to get done? Second thing, you know, so I had to spend a 10 minutes in the morning, prioritize them. Then I put them as a lump onto my computer screen with a number one priority at the front. And I, that's what I have to focus on. That's I finish that, pull that post-it note off, throw it in the bin, pull the next one off when I finish it. Now, just by focusing on that one thing in front of me and having that kind of peel off kind of scenario of the to-do list, yeah, yeah. it's extraordinary. You, I, I just find that my focus is better, my I get off the phone and I'm straight back to that one thing. What's the next thing? As opposed to, you know, you get off the phone or you're answering an email or something, you spend that few minutes of trying to, well, what the heck am I supposed to be doing here? And you that regrouping side of things. It's a very simple idea. It works extraordinarily well. Griffo, um, there would be a, a something, there'd be a nice feeling in peeling that post-it note off the top and kind of, oh. do you scrunch it? scrunch it and throw it across the room and I have a pile and clean them up oh, at the end of the day. It's yeah. wonderful. Very yeah. therapeutic. And I've actually bought large post-it notes now to make it even feel, you know, to feel more substantial. I love your – you're such an old-school bloke. Uh, you've got your, your previously uh, your to-do list on 2A4. I mean, 2A4 bits of paper. I mean, old-school. Have you thought of going fool's cap maybe with some reinforced kind of holes down the left-hand side? Um, oh, that newfangled reinforced oh, holes down the side yeah. stuff. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce you to Google Docs or Evernote one day, but hey, <laughs> let's not rush these things. Let's not rush these things. <laughs> well, that's a good one, mate. I like that. That's smashing your to-do list. Now, let's talk about – let's up it a gear and talk tribes, right? Mm -hmm. Let's talk about what is a tribe and why you should build one because I know for both both our businesses, um, the, the notion of building a tribe has been incredibly – valuable almost invaluable mm. because it's mm. it goes beyond this notion of um you know having a customer having a target audience you know it's bigger than that so let me define tribes and really it's, it would i just say it's a group of people that share a similar interest you know mm. that's just that's all that's what we're trying to build um you look at people like you know apple Apple have got an amazing tribe. Harley David Harley Davidson got an amazing tribe. Um, mm. I've even got a lady coming on the show. Uh, she might have been on, depending on where I put the, when I put this episode out, but she has um, clients who happily go and tattoo their logo on their body yeah, forever. How, yeah, how, you how know, was that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, the premise of tribe building for small businesses, Griffo, is that we like to belong to something. I think as Absolutely. human beings, we like to belong. We like to feel a part of something. Families, teams, associations. Yeah, would that be a kind of Absolutely. fair observation? Absolutely, yep. And, and I think from a business point of view, we as business owners and marketers can figure out, well, the question is how can we meet that need of belonging? Besides just selling a product or a service, how can we make uh, people feel a part of something greater in regards to our business? So let's have that discussion, hey? Okay. You know, where I think that that starts, and I think that that's the start has to be the fundamental view that your business has mm -hmm. around your customers. Because I, I think that that whole customer relationship thing, you mentioned customer relationships, you mentioned customer service, you know, people's eyes glaze over, they fall asleep, I don't want to talk about customer service, we've talked about it, rah, rah. It is enormously important. When you transfer to saying, well, actually, this is all about my tribe and the role that I play in there, that, that in its own right just, I, I believe, changes everything because the, the very meaning of a tribe is not, 
well, it's just for today. It's just whatever I'm flogging today mm. or these people coming along. It's that it's a deeper interaction and relationship. If you're a member of a tribe, you have a commitment to that tribe. You have a, which works in every direction, not just to the chief of the tribe, but to the other people in the tribe. You have to bring something. If you don't bring something to the tribe, then you don't serve a valuable part and the tribe will piss you off. They'll walk you out to the desert and leave you hanging. Absolutely. The big clumps of wood will come out and you might end up being in the, in the cooking pot. You know, all those kind of things. So for starters, that shift has to happen internally. You're, you're just a faceless person. I'm taking money off you. That has to change. Mm. To, to You're a member of my tribe. Even mm. whether you're coming in and buying a hamburger from me or you're a marketing client, whatever it is, you're there. And so you've got to, I, I think, then take that next step and say, well, okay, I've got a responsibility. What is my responsibility to the tribe? Mm-hmm. Defining your own role in there. Because if you're if you're the chief of the tribe, let's say, and and you're not a very good one, you'll be like most federal politicians. Yes. But, you, you, but but if you're not committed to the tribe, if you're not you know willing to be supportive, nurturing, protective, you know all those kind of things, then you're not going to be a very good chief, and your tribe is going to fall apart. It, it's, it's, it's a wonderful perspective change when you think of it, your sphere of influence as a tribe. I, I think it's a great topic, Timbo. What, what's your take, mate? I agree, mate. I, I just think, you know, the question, it's a, great to start with a mindset. Like, think if in an ideal world, maybe we'd hug every, every one of our customers mm. or clients. Now, there'll be some listeners going, boys, these boys have lost it. Leave them in the monkey cage. But, you know, <laughs> clearly that's not going to happen. I mean, I, when I talk about marketing to an audience uh, in a keynote, I define marketing as what you do when you can't go and see someone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you think about that, you know, in an ideal world, we'd get up out of our chairs, we'd head out and, and go and literally sit with every one of our prospects and clients, ask them what problems they have and then figure out how we can help solve them through our business. Now that's not that's not realistic, you know, but we can still do personalized marketing. I think tribe building is is that. And if we have that mindset of how can I hug even if it's a virtual hug my clients and give them some loving, bring them together as a group, then I reckon you're really onto something here and I know that, you know, that's what I've done with small business big marketing. I feel there's Absolutely. there's there's a really big big tribe. Um many many of most of which I don't know of but then you know within the forum there's a, there's a subsection of that tribe there's the group of people that email me on a regular basis there's yep. the facebook tribe and you know so there's and there's some ideas from from just in in itself in terms of how you go about building a tribe well, and we also, the point you mentioned there is, is interesting. We're a part of many tribes. Yes. And we have a different role in those tribes. There's tribes where we're the chief. Yep. And there's tribes where we're a member of the, you know, of the general community, you know, yep. that we're supporting a restaurant, for example. You know, as a customer, we're a part of that tribe for that yeah. restaurant. Yeah, You know, yeah. the chef or the owner, well, they're the chief. And, yep. and, and again, the, the, there's that role. It's... It, it, I think the more I get my head around the tribe concept, the more I understand the commitment to each other and the need for us as humans to figure out where we fit in the pecking order. And and, and that you make a point. You, you you've got to actually experience this discussion. I mean, you can people can go, oh yeah, that sounds like a good idea. I should build a tribe. I should bring my clients together on a regular basis, whether it be online or offline, face to face events, whatever it is. But you've got to feel what this feels like, and you know. All of a sudden, the penny will drop at some point. So like, for example, if there's a travel agent listening or a psychologist listening or a vet or a masseur, like, ask yourself the question, how could I bring a, a group of clients together, not, not to sell, 
just to hang. It might just be an event. It might mm. be an information event. It might be a training event. It might be a drinks event. Um, but just bringing people together is is very powerful and taking responsibility for that. Uh, absolutely. But also another point, though, if you think about it, you, you're a part of a tribe for a reason. Mm. There's a reason that you remember that tribe. Like you might have been born into it, so you inherited it, or geographically you're a part of a tribe. And I'm thinking really at the tribal, you know, group of people around a fire kind of, you know, booga booga, whatever it might have been kind of concept, <laughs> booga, booga. the cannibal kind of concept. But you're there for a reason, protection and all the rest of it. Yeah. So if you apply that then as a business owner, you've got your tribe who are your customers and your suppliers and everyone who kind of fits in that framework. If there isn't a reason for them to be there. If you don't give them a compelling reason, if mm. you if there isn't a better relationship or a benefit or a whatever it is, they'll just wander off and join another tribe. And mm. that's translate that back. That's when people lose customers because they're just not made to feel special or they're not, yep. they don't feel that they're getting what they think they should be getting because they're treated poorly. They don't know what their role is, all of those kind of things. That's why it's such a wonderful metaphor. It's why Seth Godin, yes. you know, wrote the book about tribes, you know, I mean, from, from that point of view. But I think that another point for me, Timbo, is that you, as a business owner, the place to start is you've got to be committed to your tribe. Because the jungle drums are going to talk to carry yeah. the tortured metaphor on. If you're not committed to your tribe, people know it. So I know when I get a letter or an email from um, uh, someone who's read one of my books, so each of my books has a tribe. Yes. People that have bought them, love them, and they're, you know, part of. For me, that's a very important thing that I respond to that and I answer that question, email, whatever it might be, simply because if I don't, I'm letting them down. Yep. You know, so, so again, there's a very complex thing there. The, the only way I would sum it up is get the fact that your customers and everyone else involved around your business, your staff, everyone, you're a part of a tribe. You are the chief of that tribe, you know, if you're driving it down and you have responsibility and you've got to do whatever you can to make that tribe functional. And, and, and let, let's just wrap up a couple of, couple of things. A, the big picture here is that you do it and it will be your point of difference and you will build a brand. I've always defined brand as being an emotional attachment. You bring people together, you be responsible for that interaction. Other things will come. You, you will be amazed at what happens as a result. It's like my when I started the Small Business Big Marketing Forum, it was me going in there and answering questions of other listeners of the show. Right. Now, now it's like, and it was always intended that those members are also going in there posing questions but also asking questions and supporting each other in the spirit of creating great marketing. So that's just an example of, of a tribe. The other things I do too, um, like have a meetup. Go to meetup.com and schedule a meetup around a topic that your business or your industry or yourself yep. is, is, is an expert in. Um, LinkedIn and Facebook groups are great. I do like the idea of actually owning the tribe kind of interface and you don't own mm. LinkedIn or Facebook, but still a great way of kind of bringing people together. Information nights. Here's one, trips away. So we've got this local cafe down on, on the Mornington Peninsula. He, he makes coffees and toasted sangers and has a great time. He's an Italian fellow, but once a year, he takes a group of 30 people, 30 of his best clients away. Well, he doesn't choose them. They choose him because there's a cost involved, but mm. he takes them away to Sicily on a cooking tour, right? <laughs> so there's a little micro tribe, even for just a little cafe. Uh, Wonderful. Griffo, you could do webinars, you could do Google Hangouts, Q&A webinars or whatever, just by adding value, bringing people together, facilitating the discussion. So, um, 
And isn't that an interesting thing too? If, if you've got a business and it's struggling and there's issues around not enough business, not enough customers, not enough repeat business, the way to look at that, apart from all those wonderful things you just said there, was the fact that your tribe is not healthy. There mm. is a problem in your, in your tribe. And, uh, and most of the time it comes back to communication. There's that breakdown happening. So you've got to be monitoring the, the health of your tribe. That's part of the responsibility that goes with it. And it might be communication. It might be all the things that we're talking about there. But as soon as the tribe lacks a purpose, it'll fall apart. Yeah. So you've got to be giving them that purpose all the time. Whatever that big central kind of theme is, that's what's going to hold them together. Uh, whether it be a love of Italian food, the camaraderie of the, the cafe set, Helping people to grow their businesses, Timbo. Yep. You know, whatever, whatever that sent for me, it's about writing books. You know, a healthy tribe will let you know they're healthy by the feedback you get, by the business that they give you, by the repeat business, by the word of mouth. There's all those little checklists. If you're not getting all of those, then you, your tribe is as a sickness. Griffo. Yes, mate. Before we head on to the next topic, which is be careful of where you get feedback from or whether you take it on board. I have a question about your weight loss. I just need to go back to that weight loss thing. Sure. Now, you're going to, you're going to, you've are going you lost 10 kg. Yes. The clothes, you've, you've got a T-shirt on there that is... Um, it's a bit too big now. Yeah, it's looking more like a doona cover. Uh, that one you'll be putting <laughs> up on the wall, reminding yourself of the old griffo. At what point are you going to go and buy the new wardrobe? Because it's a question that I, that I struggled with. Well, I've gone through stages. I lost 50 kilos at one stage. You know, I went from 150 to 100. So that was a a lovely feeling to go and buy a pile of clothes. But but I I buy them on an ongoing basis because there's nothing better than buying that. For me, I I, I buy a new suit and I don't mind it if it's, if it gets too big for me, because that's a nice that's a nice feeling in its own right. So yep, okay. So you do you have wardrobes of like uh, the eighty kilogram Griffo, <laughs> the hundred and two kilogram Griffo, the uh, dare I say fifty five kilogram Griffo? You just couldn't do that. I, I, no, I don't. I, I for me once I once I outgrow it, it goes to Vinnie's. It goes to oh, the Salvation right. Army. Yeah, because right. I, I figure someone else is fatter than me probably deserves it, you know, at that stage of the game. So I'm very good at clearing out the clothes and passing them on. Yeah, I right. used to keep old suits and stuff like that, but I just think it's a good flow of energy. Keep things moving, get rid of them, make room for the new stuff, you know, the new thin wardrobe, and uh, and that keeps you there. It's too easy to slut wearing the fat pants again, you know. <laughs> so you've got to get rid of them. I love it. Oh, I love looking at the fat pants too. I've kept I, – I threw a lot of stuff out, but I, I kept one pair of fat pants. And uh, interesting reminder – yeah. Interesting reminder. I've still got a way to go, mate. I've still got a way to go. Now, Griffo, you talk to me here about uh, being careful of one person's surveys and, and not mm. turning your business upside down because of what one person says. And um, I touched on this in a podcast recently where a listener sent me a question about how to start a new business idea that they had, but th- there was a number of people saying to them, oh, you know, don't do that. You've already got a great business and you'd be crazy and we don't want you to change and, you know, and um, it's a really, really inter- interesting question that, you know, that where do you, where, who, whose feedback do you listen to and, in fact, do you take it on board? Well, and I think most people in business, we're, we're quite open-minded and we want feedback from people and, and we're, we want to do it better. Do you think so? You think differently? I've Well, it is horses for courses, but I've got this bloke that I buy coffee off and I don't know whether he listens to my show or not, but if he does, I've never said this to him, but... <laughs> I give him some – I just drop a few marketing tips and tricks to him when he's grinding my coffee, right? Yeah. He, he does not – he, shake, he shakes his head. He goes, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Not implemented one. Yeah, but does he ask for it or do you offer it? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And that's the difference. Yeah. 
You know, that's the difference. Like, I mean, in my view, anyway, that's the difference. Yeah. I mean, because I'm the same. I, I give advice all day long to yeah. people and, and I, I realised a while back that best to wait for someone to ask yes. before we actually give it to Because, we, you know, when you're an, an entrepreneur and you're an ideas person, you see ideas everywhere. You know, every shop you go into, every business you deal with, and, and of course, you can't help but say, hey, have you thought about putting up an open sign out the front of your <laughs> shop, you know, or, or something like that? Uh, but it's like you, you, there is that fact where I think people don't, you know, actually aren't looking for the advice for whatever reason, you know, whatever broken pathology, yeah. who wouldn't want advice yeah, yeah, yeah. about how to do their business better? But for me, it's more about that if you do ask for advice, or you want feedback from people, you've got to be careful. I, I had a chat. My, the, where this stems from for me is after I'd done a presentation not so long ago to about, I don't know, 500 people, um, this one guy came up to me and he said to me, oh, you know, you use a lot of self-depreciating humour. You make fun of yourself. Right. And he said, you shouldn't do that. He said, it makes you look like you don't know what you're doing. You know, and, and I thought, oh, okay, wow. And I and I went away and I really thought about that and kind of went, oh, okay, so I shouldn't make fun of myself and that then and I've over the years I'd taken similar kind of advice on board. I had someone else that said to me, um, I, I spoke I speak a lot about my past and my my early days in business and where I've come from. And I had someone come up to me and say, Oh, you shouldn't talk about all that stuff. You know, no one cares. Just tell us how to make our business better. So, so in that case, and I started doing more technical talks and all the rest of it, I noticed I didn't get the same resonance. Mm-hmm. Same with the self-depreciating humour. That's what makes me me when I present. Same as you. You're the same. We laugh at ourselves because yep. we're so dysfunctional. There's a lot to laugh about. Yep. <laughs> you know, but, but that's how we create engagement. That's how we create connection. And, and same with talking about my past or my background. That's how I illustrate points in my life about certain things. Overwhelmingly, 99 out of 100 people say to me, the thing we love the most about you is when you talk about the real stuff, your yeah, background, yeah, yeah. and we love the way you make fun of yourself. Yet the one, the two that I remember, those two individuals that said the opposite of it. And it's so easy when you're in that, I want every bit of information, I'll act on every bit of information. That to, I think we've got to be really careful and go, well, hang on, so that's great that they've given me that feedback. But what is it really the right feedback? Uh, great to get the feedback. I would Absolutely. thank them. I would thank them for it. Um, mm. If you were in a weak frame of mind, you would act on it. You know, you would immediately act on it, and you will find. And maybe it is good to act on it because then you realise that actually it wasn't good feedback. But at least you've kind of got a kind of benchmark to work from. But mm. gee, it can be dangerous, can't it? Because yeah, again, like I, I was giving a presentation recently, and I was talking about the idea of having a virtual marketing team. The whole idea of outsourcing getting more done with less and a lady really challenged me on it there and then she said you're a slave driver because I, I showed them uh, a slide of my virtual marketing team mm-hmm. and it's a global there's people all around the world doing various aspects of of, of my stuff and I put um, some costs alongside it what it taught me was interesting. A, I thought, well, no, I'm not because I'm not looking for the $2 man in India. I'm looking for good people somewhere in the world to do an aspect of my business, do something within my business. What I what, what it taught me, that feedback, was not that I'm a slave driver, was that I actually have to embellish or I need to um, – I need to clarify that story or qualify that story by saying, actually, see that person, well, he's got tens of thousands of dollars worth of business from me and would never have ever been able to get that in his own country. Mm, See that person there, she's now left corporate and is now working because she was doing stuff for me out of hours. She's now started her own business as a result. So then, so it taught me some, some really interesting stuff. But if I had taken the feedback on face value, I would have deleted the slide. 
Oh, absolutely, and and that's the, the key. Someone can walk into a into our restaurant, into our accounting firm, whatever it might be, and say you should do that. And you go, a friend of mine's an IT guy, so he's servicing computers all the time. Lovely guy, very very knowledgeable, and and so concerned about what people think about his business and how he operates that he kind of will act on anything. And you kind of go, well, yeah. you know, that's actually not a not a good idea. Bouncing you know, off walls. Yeah, that's when it falls apart. It's, it's a screening of the information. For me, it's all about looking for trends. If I had twenty people out of a uh, out of a talk of five hundred people say, "Oh, you know, your jokes were really kind of inappropriate," well, then you would go, "Yeah, hang on, I, I need to really take that on board." But but one person surveys are, are challenging, which and I and I think they need to be taken in isolation. Even from people that we respect enormously, you know, even from dare I say you and I, Timbo, you know, <laughs> like uh, yeah, you know, dare you say ideas on board, but you've got to say, well, is this really going to work for me? Is this in alignment with who I am? Am I going to be someone different? Is that going to be better? You know, should I? You know, I, I'm talking a lot these days about you've got to charge what you're worth, you know. Someone's got to be the most expensive. Yes. It may as well be you. If you're going to be the most expensive, you've got to be the best. Mm-hmm. So if people say to me, oh, okay, so I'm going to double my rates tomorrow. And you go, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. You've got to put it into context. You can't just double your rates and offer the same stuff, you know, and, and, and there's got to be a change. There's got to be a, a difference. There's got to be some kind of, you know, way to transition into that because all you'll do is lose all your clients because they'll go, holy crap, you've just doubled your rates. You know, there needs to be a process. So I think all I'm saying there is to is to think a little bit deeper about feedback from people and just be really careful of, of changing your entire life based on one person's feedback. I often refer to the example of, when, when I talk about this, of I'm guessing Steve Jobs never went out to the marketplace and said, hey, listen, got this idea. It's going to be a little white box. It involves you throwing away all your CDs and buying your music off us, off Apple. Mm. Off Apple. Um, no more album covers, can't read the words, can't hold the disc, no more tactile stuff, just a little white box, all mm. online. I'm not sure the iPod would have got up if he had gone out to the marketplace. Now, from what I understand, Jobs didn't listen to anyone anyway, but, no. you know, I just be careful who we listen to. Really, yeah. really good advice. Now, um, Griffo, have you have you wrapped that one there? You- I, I, I have. I mean, I could talk about it for, a, for I could talk about anything forever. But, but, yeah, I, I think the smart folks are the ones that are asking lots of people that. So someone comes to you with an idea, just as you and I do about topics, Timbo. Yeah. You know, I've had an idea. What do you think? I've had that conversation with a few people, you know, just as you or what do you think? What are your thoughts on yeah. that? So you stress test an idea before you actually go, well, I'm going to paint my my accounting firm camouflage Green. I, I saw a guy who did this once. What he did was he, he had an appliance business and someone came to him and said, oh, you should paint your business name upside down on the front of your shop because that'll stand out from everyone else's and that'll be really different and get people talking about it. So he spent 10 grand, re-signed oh, the died. front of the shop and, and business dived, yeah. you know, because really? no one could find the business. Yeah. They didn't didn't stand out at all. It was just dumb. Well, great, but great idea if in that part of the town, these business was that people were walking along on hand doing handstands. And, and there were a few of those people, but none of them could afford appliances. Yeah, yeah, because they yeah. were lunatics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hello <laughs> to all you lunatics. Hey, Griffo. Um, now, um, humour me here. I've got a some listener feedback from Ian Manning. Ian Manning. I, you, don't, you, you sound like you know him. No, I believe All oh, right, okay. No. <laughs> 
Now, listen, <laughs> we haven't done this before on Funny Business, but I think it would be an interesting kind of thing to do, and he, he raises an interesting topic about um, where ideas come from. Mm. So feel free to interrupt as I go. It's it's a few words here, but let's get in. He says, hey, Timbo, I've been listening to SBBM for a long time now. I started listening back in the days when Lukey was still a co-host. I really appreciate the show and just wanted to take the time to say thank you. So, Griffo, for your information, he has actually been listening for a long time. Mm. Uh, in fact, Lukey left in episode 80 and now we're up to about episode 165-ish or something. So wow. I've been doing it longer by back myself. Back in the 60s. But it was back in the 60s, long hair. <laughs> we smoked a lot of dope during the episodes. And Hey, can we say that? Oh, it's a podcast. Uh, absolutely. Right, back, to, back to Ian. He says, I opened my physical therapy practice in June of 2012 and have been implementing your marketing ideas and following your tips since day one. Bless him. Bless you. Amazing. You want to talk about tribe, mate. Mm. Um, one, of the, the, one of the ways I see the small business big marketing tribe growing is the amount of emails like this I get. And, um, you know, you could say, well, that's just all ego, but it's not. It's a real bet. It's a real measurement criteria for the kind of traction that the show is getting. It's a healthy tribe. It's a healthy tribe. Feedback, yeah. You know? He says, I have an hour commute to work and your podcast fills the time perfectly. Then when I get to work, I'm ready to crush some marketing and treat my patients. <laughs> I'm glad he got those two words around the right way. He could treat my marketing and crush my patients. <laughs> I just finished listening to the cold or warm calling episode and it was a little so i had this episode recently um because i know you just don't have time to listen to every episode griffo where i interviewed i listened to i, I interviewed a cold calling expert and he was a little bothered by the woman who said she didn't think that you covered service-based marketing enough. Mm. Uh, that was a bit of listener feedback that I shared on that episode where I, one of my listeners did say, hey, you know, what about our service providers? Enough of that product stuff. Being in the service-based industry myself, I couldn't disagree more. Just because the person you are interviewing doesn't work in the service industry doesn't mean that you can't apply those marketing ideas to your industry. And he says, for example, the cold calling episode taught me the best practices when contacting a referring physician's office to get patients from them. I always get stopped by the Dobermans and can never seem to break through. I now have a better plan to get through to the doctors and convince them to send patients my way. Brilliant, Timbo. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate the show and how and how the uh, applicable the information is to all industries and professions. Thank you for all the great content and helping me achieve my dream being a successful successful physical therapy clinic owner. So mm. uh, great feedback. Thank you, Ian. Can I offer a little thought in there initially, straight away? Go. I, I, I love that concept of, uh, of getting through the Dobermans. A friend of mine in the travel industry used to say that years ago because it was often the thing that everyone said, oh, you can't get past the gatekeeper, the Doberman, which is a terribly derogatory statement <laughs> in so many different ways. Um, however, the, the most wonderful part about that was a, this mate of mine, he said, that the way you get through a Doberman is you take him a bone. And, uh, and and what this guy did was he carried around with him boxes and little boxes of um, like lint chocolates, four little lint chocolates or what, three little lint chocolates, and he used to take them. That was his calling card. And he would go into somewhere and say, hello there, uh, Mrs. Doberman. Doberman. Um, Mrs. Doberman, you know, uh, my name's uh, Bill Smith. Erwin Luthiger is his name. Great name. And I'm from this hotel and I would like to talk in such and such. And my my trip is I love to help people have a great day and here's a little box of Link chocolates for you for uh, helping me today. 
No one said no. This guy could get in and see the president of the USA, I'm sure. He'd knock on the White House door and give these little box of chocolates all over the world. Incredibly successful guy. He spent thousands of dollars a year on chocolates, but he just had a great way of giving the Doberman a bone. Love it. And, uh, and it might sound corny, but I tell you what, it works. It, it works in a wonderful way. Well, uh, hello to all you Dobermans, and uh, may your chocolate store increase over time. But, Griffo, um, what about this idea of ideas coming from anywhere? And I think it is valid because it was interesting mm. getting that feedback, getting the initial feedback from this the listener uh, who said, you've got to interview more services-based businesses. I actually think I typed back to her saying, absolutely, you're right, I'm onto it, I'm onto it. I'll now look, I'll search the world for amazing service marketers, which I, I, I am doing. And, in fact, um, the episode, a couple of episodes ago, was a, the, the idea for that came from needing to speak to service-based professionals where I spoke to Carmen from Urban Martial Arts in Brooklyn. Um, so I am doing it, but, you know, at the same time, the other answer to that was what Ian's saying is that, we can get ideas from anywhere. We don't have to seek ideas from people in the same industry or the mm. same, you know, service-based businesses. If we are a service-based business, I think we we should have be more open-minded. Well, and look, I've been waxing on lyrically about this for years, Timbo. You get your best ideas from businesses that are outside of your industry and often outside of your own country. Mm. That's my, you just, you got to look at it differently. Most of us go through life. I run a, uh, let's say I run an accounting business. So I, all I do is compare my business to other accounting firms, generally other accounting firms that are direct competitors within my, my area, you know, whereas for me, that, that is such a limiting kind of a way of doing. Sure. You got to know what your competitors are doing, but for me, I get my best ideas and I carry a notepad and pencil. Yes, the old-fashioned <laughs> thing is really a theme today. What, what about a quill? Do you have a quill and a bottle of ink? <laughs> the ink keeps spilling everywhere. <laughs> but um, and, and the carrier pigeons in the back of the car don't like the ink uh, going all over them. Where do you park your horse and carriage when you visit a client? Well, you know, I have special parking spots these days for the, for the buggy. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I go to my butchers and I look at them and I get so many business ideas. What about the candle? What about the candlestick maker? And the- sorry, <laughs> and I visit the candlestick maker, uh, the, the sail maker, the boat maker. But oh. I, I think that you just got to look at it and go, how can I apply those ideas to my business? Every Thursday morning, my greatest newsletter arrives, and it's from Springwise.com, and it is innovative businesses, smart businesses from around the world doing really cool stuff. And you just look at it and go, oh, how can I adopt that idea? How can I use that? How is this changing? You've got to have a hunger and look for ideas. That, that to me, is, is what it's all about. I came across one the other day, mobile dentists now. You know, the dentist going around in a van, going to workplaces so that people can have checkups in the workplace because people they can't find the time to get to a dentist, so the dentist is coming to you. Wow. And, you know, now, what other businesses does that apply to? Every business. Yes. It's yeah. a service business. Yeah, you know, yeah. How many service businesses are there like that? Remember we spoke on the show about paternity testing. Oh, the, yes. the mobile van in America. Who's your daddy? <laughs> Who's your daddy? One of the greatest trends now is mobile businesses, food carts in America, yeah. you know, all these yeah. things. Taking it to the streets. Yeah. you got to go out now, and there's so many more home-based businesses. Come to them, service them. So, so uh, this to me is, a, is an important topic. We've got to take the blinkers off. 
And, and we, we've got to be looking for ideas. Talking about ideas coming from anywhere and looking beyond your industry, Phil McKenney is a fellow who I've followed for many years. He's a kind of innovation leader, has a wonderful podcast called the Killer Innovation Podcast. And um, he talks, he, he, very, he said, you know, sometimes when you're stuck for ideas, he said, go to the news agent and go and buy a magazine that you would never have bought in a million years, a magazine on tattoos or a magazine on gun shooting or a magazine, yep. just something completely unrelated to what it is you do. And what it does is it just kind of breaks your thinking. It, 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 put, it puts a really, really uh, fine line, sharp line into you stopping your thinking a certain way and pushing you off in a direction that you'd never thought of. So um, that's that's a simple strategy to do. I had an interesting experience along that line there, whereas I used to have a friend of mine who used to work for a publisher, and uh, and every uh, once a month she would give me a box of books that were like advanced copies or they were damaged or whatever, and they just rip off the cover. Oh, yeah. And like in magazines, in news agents, they just rip off the cover and send them back. I don't have to do that anymore. So I would get this box of books without any covers on them, so I had nothing to judge them by uh, from that point of view. So I'd just pick out whatever's at the top and start reading yep. it. And I read the most extraordinary books I've ever read in my life yeah. through that faceless, coverless book box because yes. my I didn't have that preconditioning, you know. And, and, and I talk to people about this often. You're in a shopping centre. You're running a retail shop in a shopping centre. The minute you walk on the doors, your blinkers are on until you get to your shop. And most of the time, the blinkers stay on. You don't see what's going on because you're walking down that same road every time. That's how we don't notice faded carpets, faded uniforms, dirty cars, cigarette butts out by the door of the business or a, or a dodgy website because we see it every day. Oh, mate, yeah, I used to do this when I was the marketing manager at Flight Centre. Um, I'd go and visit a store and the store, a store manager would have called me and said, oh, you know, struggling a bit at the moment. Can you help us? I'd go and visit that store. The first thing I'd do is w- I'd look in the store and sure enough, it was a dog's breakfast and I'd, I'd walk the manager out the front. I'd say, okay, take your flight center hat off and put your put your consumer, your customer hat on. Have mm. a look around. There's crap outside. Clean the street out in front of you. Change the posters to the most the most recent campaign. Let's walk inside. Look at everyone. We've got different uniforms on. Some have got shirts untucked. The commercial radio's blaring in the corner. Mm. The magazine, the, the the brochure stands aren't sta- unstacked. You know, we just got to look at our business from a consumer's customer's point of view and not the business owner's point of view. And all of a sudden, you get a different perspective. So listen, um, hey, great great feedback from Ian and a great topic he raised. So. Thank you, Ian. Great topic. Thanks, Big Ian. He doesn't give me um, a business. Oh, he does. He says ortho co o r t h o c o r e p t dot com. Um, tough domain name to say, but he's doing okay because he listens to the show. So Griffo, Griffo, I just think that brings us to the end of funny business. We've been in this cage. For far too, it gets a little bit uncomfortable sitting there in the tree. There are a few body odor issues in here. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, well, certainly I sprayed prior to uh, <laughs> prior to coming on air, and um, might be that big uh, that big doona you're wearing, mate. It, you <laughs> might have uh, <laughs> might not have washed it for. You've probably just been out running or something, have you? And we, no, no, no. I've been I've been up since five o'clock 
preparing for this. Yeah, yeah whatever. Getting whatever. Emotion, getting my Zen-like Buddhist state happening. Love it. You know, so. But we got to, we got to pulse up a bit today. There's yes. a few topics. We got yep. a bit passionate in there about yep. a few things. Bit of fist beating. And I could do this all day long. Yeah, well. I, I, I just love the opportunity to talk to everyone. There's so many wonderful, wonderful thoughts. And I just, every topic there, uh, we could talk for hours. And I just, uh, they're so important. And, again, I just like to so commend people who do listen in. Give up an hour of your time to do, to come and listen to this stuff. I mean, that's how you build a great business, getting your ideas from other people, listening, getting other views. You, What you do with it is up to you, but it's, Correct. it's so important. I do it all the time. I listen to other podcasts, webinars. Hey, hang on, hang on. What do you, what do you mean? You, <laughs> I'm unfaithful to you, Timbo. You are slipping around. I, I, I'm coming out. I'm coming out on, on funny business. <laughs> <laughs> They're two different things, Griffo. Listening to other podcasts and coming out. Two different things. I'll talk about to, that to you off air. Hey, mate, uh, um, I'm going to direct listeners, if they want a little bit more of Timbo Love or Griffo Love, then um, they know where to find me, but they can head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. Click on the products page. One of the things Griffo and I are actually going to do going forward is to do more webinars. Um, I'm doing a webinar. By the time this goes to air, I think my content marketing webinar may have been one and one and done and one or run and done. I don't know what they say. But um, <laughs> over the course of 2014, there's going to be a lot of webinars coming my way from both me and from Griffo and from me and Griffo. So, Griffo, where can people find you? AndrewGriffiths.com.au. Simple man. Everything resolves at AndrewGriffiths.com.au. The, the world resolves there. Yeah, head over there because there's some really good stuff. And Griffo puts out a business bulletin. Um, how often, mate? I do it. I do it once a month, actually. But I have other bits and pieces that I send out throughout that period as well. So yeah. Plenty of info, plenty of free stuff. Uh, listeners, if you want a topic discussed, pulled apart and put back together by Griffo, Griffo and I in a forthcoming episode of Funny Business, head over to smallbusinessbigmarketing.com and you can click on the voicemail button and send us a recorded message or you can send us a voicemail, a, an email and, and we'll cover it off because, um, you know, we will just – otherwise we'll just keep coming up with stuff that we want to talk about. But we want to – we want to please the tribe, don't we, Griffo? We want feed, feedback from the tribe. Feedback from Absolutely. the tribe. Buddy, um, love your work. It's been a pleasure to have that chat. I'll see you next time. And great. Thanks for the opportunity, Timbo. You've been listening to the Small Business Big Marketing Show with Tim Reid. Want more marketing goodness? Then visit smallbusinessbigmarketing.com.